Hey guys, hope that you had an awesome Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed stuffing yourself full with food, seeing family, and of course that you had safe travels. In order to give the EPOP team a day off, but also give you something to listen to during this very busy travel weekend, we are going to rerun one of our favorite episodes of all time, my interview with Sailing Bo. Here you go. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 46. At over six and a half million square miles, Russia is not only the world's largest country, but it's also bigger than the entire planet of Pluto. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast. I want you to take a few seconds and think about the biggest goal or dream you've ever set for yourself. What pops into your head? What is it that you've always wanted to do? On today's show, I'm thrilled to have the chance to bring on Bo Cordell, who always had the dream of sailing around the world, which is a pretty epic goal in its own right. Now, when you factor in the tiny little detail that when he had this dream he never had sailed before, you get a pretty amazing story, one that Bo recounts in all its entirety on today's podcast. We also delve into the idea of bucket lists, why Bo has made and kept one for a number of years now, how you can make one, and tips for how you can start checking off things the moment you're done this podcast. And if you do decide to make a bucket list while listening to this, Bo and I would love if you shared some of those items with us. Just head on over to the show notes for this episode. You can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com backslash pods, find episode 46, and leave us a comment in the show notes with some of your bucket list items. We'll be sharing a few of ours as well. Also, don't forget, one of my big goals is trying to catch Tim Ferriss's podcast on iTunes, and we really need your help. If you could spare one minute to leave us an honest rating, I'd really appreciate it. This was not only one of the most fun podcasts I've ever recorded, but also one of the most inspirational. So let's get right to it. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm Trav, the creator of Extra Pack of Peanuts, and with me today is someone I'm proud to say I've been mistaken for numerous times, and a guy who has the audacious goal of sailing around the world, Bo Cordell of SailingBo.com. Bo, thanks so much for coming on the show, and welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's great to talk to you. And Bo, you're not currently on your ship, right? You're you're here on terra firma. Yeah, it's weird. I, it's hard for me to walk straight on land. I just got off the boat yesterday. I've been on the boat for about a month, so taking a few days off. Awesome. And listeners, you're going to be blown away by Bo and his story. I know I was when I first heard it. But first, I want to give you a quick backstory of how we met. One year ago, both Bo and I were at a conference called the World Domination Summit, which some of you may have heard of. I know some of you are going to, and which we both will be going to again this year. Bo, I'll let you jump in here because you were able to get on stage during this conference. You were actually able to do something that you had always wanted to do. So how did that happen? Well, I'd been following Chris Gillibo, the guy who started WDS. I've been following him for years. The first WDS conference, I'd actually gotten a ticket, but had some family things going on, so I didn't get to make it. 
Well, last summer, you know, I got the ticket. I've started this sailing charter business. So the summers are really busy for me on the, in the sailing world. About a month before the conference, I hadn't booked a flight. I was kind of, you know, kind of waffling. It was right around 4th of July. I wasn't sure if I was actually going to go. It, you know, a lot of money. Well, they had sent out an email asking for attendee stories, you know, and say, hey, we're going to give some people a few minutes on stage. If you have a story you think you want to tell, write it to us and we'll, we're going to pick a few people to do it. Well, so I was kind of bored that day. So I'm like, well, I'll just, you know, practice writing my story and, and see what happened, not thinking anything of it. And about two weeks later, you know, it was like first week of June, about two weeks later, I'm literally, I'm like eight miles offshore. All right. And I, I barely have cell phone service. And Jolie Gillibo calls Chris's wife and she's like, Hey, so we really loved your story and want you to speak. And I was, I was like, Oh crap. I actually have to like book a ticket now. Like this is supposed to happen. So it did. Yeah. I had to write a speech, you know, and <laughs> just had a blast, man. It was so cool. The, Actually, number one on my bucket list was to speak to a group of 500 or more people. So they let me do that. And it was like 2,800 people. And it was such a thrill. Yeah. And I was blown away by your story. We had actually met earlier that day. I don't know if you remember, but earlier that day, we had been introduced by a mutual friend and acquaintance that we had just met and, you know, just briefly said, hi, how you doing? Right. You know, you got up on stage, you started telling a story and it really just encapsulated everything that I was trying to do myself, that I was trying to tell people to do through my site. And it really just hit me as like, man, this guy is going for it. So I was moved. I'm like, this is great. Right after that session, I was stopped by a lady who said to me, wow, I just really love what you're doing. It's so inspiring. And I had no clue what she was talking about. But I said, thank you. I figured she knew about Extra Pack of Peanuts. I was like, oh, that's cool. Someone knows about Extra Pack of Peanuts here. Had stopped me, had recognized me, so on. No more than one minute later, another group of like two or three ladies came up, stopped me, said basically the same thing. At this point, I'm a bit confused, but I was sitting there thinking, all right, Epop is really blowing up. All these strangers are stopping me, telling me how awesome I am. <laughs> you know, less than a minute later, I couldn't even walk down, like out of the conference. I was immediately stopped again. Someone's telling me how inspirational my story was yet again. And finally, I asked the rather awkward question of like, uh, hey, how'd you find out about me? I don't really know what you're talking about. And she said, uh, from the story you just told up on stage a few minutes ago, and at that point, like the light bulb went off in my head and I thought, wow, people think that I'm Bo. And, you know, I, I found you at the after party. And sure enough, we were wearing basically the exact same thing, like, uh, you know, a button, a nice button down shirt, shorts, uh, loafers or whatever. Um, we looked very similar. And even at that party, people were coming up and confusing me for you and telling me how awesome the story was. So it felt good to be a celebrity for one. So thanks for that, Bo. Oh, absolutely. And and it made me feel good because you had a beautiful wife there with you. So I was like, okay. This is, <laughs> I wouldn't mind being Travis for a day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's good to have a doppelganger. It's good to have you on the podcast finally. I'm sure by now everyone's wondering, all right, what is this story that Bo told? So kind of give us the rundown of, of what you said at WDS. My dreams to sail around the world. You know, a big part of WDS is, is, you know, dreaming big and going for it and whatever that means for your life. You know, and I wasn't born with this dream. This, is, this isn't something, you know, and I, I certainly wasn't born knowing how to sail. And I grew up, you know, just south of Atlanta, like we're not quite the sailing capital of the world and had, had never sailed before I was 18 years old. But I kind of got into sailing in college. I read this book about a girl who was 18 and she sailed around the world at the time I was 18. I'm like, hey, whoa, I didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't know this was possible. 
And when I was a junior in college, I uh, bought a 25-foot sailboat, moved it down to the coast. I didn't know a thing about sailing, all right? You know, I thought I did. I'd read a book. That's how I learned how to sail. I read a book. And uh, always the best way, right? Not yeah, not doing uh, it. Just read a book oh, and you're fine. Oh gosh. So so I decided I'm gonna sail the Key West from from Orange Beach, Alabama. Like, you know, six hundred miles or something. So I'm like, yeah, this is a great idea. I'm I'm not gonna die. So <laughs> almost died a couple times, but I made it to Key West, made it back, and uh, I was twenty one years old. Had to go back or I went back to school my uh, senior year. I'd taken a couple of months off my junior year. I'm sitting in class that fall semester, you know, after spending two months on, you know, sailing and just totally changing my life, uh, I'm sitting back in class and I'm like, well, you know what? If I turn 28 and I'm not married with kids in a house, then I'm going to sail around the world. I'm 21 years old, fully expecting to be married with kids in a house when I'm 28, right? You know, so career happened and, and real world happened. And on my 27th birthday, I look up and I'm like... <laughs> I'm not married. I'm not, you know, I don't have a girlfriend. This is going to be interesting. So I uh, called my boss and, and quit on my 27th birthday. And I've been trying to figure it out ever since. I moved back down to the beach, was living on a friend's boat for a little while and, and pretty much doing something every day to get me closer. About a year and a half ago, I bought the boat, you know, and, and I think one of the stories I told in the, in the speech is like, you know, when I bought this boat, it was twice as big as anything I'd ever sailed before. I mean, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And for the first couple of weeks that I had the boat, you know, I had it at the marina. I mean, I was scared to take it out for fear of, of running into a couple other boats, a, a few trees and a restaurant. You know, I mean, it was, I hit all of those things at one point or another in the next month. Right. But I figured out and, and an old, an old salt at the uh, marina helped me out. He's like, dude, if I show up tomorrow and you haven't untied that boat and taken it somewhere, then I'm going to cut all your dock lines. It's like, you're not going to learn how to do this by just being scared of it. You know, just do it and, and practice it every day. So it's it's been pretty awesome. I No joke, I've been on a boat ride every day that I've been in town this year. You know, and it's just whether good or bad, you just got to do it. Yeah, and one of the things, you, you kind of brush over it, but I want to touch on this, this trip that you took in COD because... One thing that many people fail to do with big goals is to start them. You know, they, they have, Hey, I'm going to do this big goal. It's this great goal. It's something they really want to do. They still always want to do it their whole life, but they don't take steps towards it because big goals are hard to do. They take courage, but they also take a lot of planning, a lot of perseverance. It's not just, I'm going to jump into something right away. You didn't say, I'm going to sail around the world and then the next day just head off because obviously that would be dangerous to do. As you mentioned, you ran into a restaurant. You know, when you were in college, you decided to get this 25-foot boat. What was the thinking? You kind of took us through that process of how you progressed, but what was the thinking when you got that first boat? Like, how did you decide? Because that was probably the first big step, I guess, right? Yeah. When I was 18, that my freshman year of college, my parents had a lake house. And that December, me and some friends are up at the lake house. And playing in the woods behind the lake house, we found this 19-foot this sailboat under about two feet of pine straw you know, back in the woods. And I, so I call my dad. I'm like, Hey, did you know we have a sailboat? He's like, Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. I'm like, where, where's that been for five years? You know? So that's, that's when I bought the book and, and I bought a book based on the, the little wireframe sketch on the cover of the book that looked similar to what I thought the sailboat under the pine straw would look like when it was done. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that little black line, that means that wire should probably go there. You know? So basically 
I was looking for an excuse to spend the summer up at the lake. <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, you think I could stay up there for a month or so and learn how to sail and fix this boat up? So that's when, you know, I kind of got into sailing, read that book about the 18-year-old girl who did it, started looking up, and I realized, just started playing on the internet, I realized that for, you know, three grand, you could buy a 25-foot sailboat that's big enough to live on for a little while. And, it, and the dream just kind of, you know, it just kind of blossomed from there. I lived down there for six months, four of them I was working at a restaurant to try to save some money, and then for two of them I was sailing. And I went back to college and spent the next eight years trying to figure out how to do it again. Right, right. So then with that small sailboat and that trip to Key West, that was your first big adventure. Did you do it solo? Or were you with other people? No, totally solo. I didn't have any friends that were crazy enough to join me on that. And at the time, I was too stupid to know how crazy it was. Uh, when, I, when I pulled into the marina that I lived at for a few months before I went, there was a guy there who became one of my best friends, but he had done this Key West trip several times. And he looked at me and he looked at my boat and he's like, we, you know, we got some work to do. <laughs> he, you know, so he kind of became my sailing mentor and um, really took me under his wing. And one day he came up with a, a notepad of all the, the things, you know, he'd been making a list of things that I needed to do to my boat before I was, before I should make the trip, you know, safety things. And basically the last item of the list was essentially get a new boat. Like <laughs> the boat that I had was good for a lake, but apparently it wasn't good for the Gulf. Oh man. Well, I like that. That guy, he came to you and he told you all the things to do, but he never told you not to do it. I think that's one of the big things too. When people are looking for mentors and yours kind of haphazardly happened, but you know, you had put yourself out there saying, I'm I'm going to do it. And people kind of cling to that. When someone has a big goal, others want to jump on that because they they see that spark in your eye. You know, they see, man, he's going to do it and he's not going to be dissuaded. So I better help him out rather than tell him what not to do. And I think that's an important lesson people have to learn too, is if people are telling you can't do it or, or they're hating on it, you know, you can get rid of those people, but really cling on to the people that are going to sit there and say, all right, you're going to do it. Here's how I can help. And it seems like, like you found a good one there. Oh, it's been incredible, Travis. The thing that I never would have expected you know, cause this is my crazy dream. Like I don't expect it to be anybody else's. So it's been so incredible to hear people just say, Hey, you know, that bucket list you made, you inspired me to make one. And now, you know, I've started my own business because I didn't realize that was something I really wanted to do until I wrote it out on my bucket list. So it's, you know, for them to look at me, you know, and I'm just some crazy dude that is trying to learn how to sail and, and, right, without a wife and kids. Right. And, and it's like, <laughs> Okay, for you know, if somehow I've been able to inspire them to do something like that's insane, but awesome. Yeah, and you're talking about your bucket list. You you have a pretty epic bucket list on your site. It's kind of the one of the main tenants of your site, and you have 99 things listed there. I think that's really important that you brought up the point that people listen to might not want to sail around the world. They might not want to sail at all. They might be afraid to get in the water. But the point of the podcast, and I think most people know this by now, is just to inspire them to do something. You you know, I didn't care about sailing really when I heard your story. But I thought, you know what? I just started a podcast. I'm getting Bo on this podcast. Now, it's taken a year for us to work our schedules out, but it's always been there. For a year, I've said, I'm getting him on because of how inspiring his story was, whether it's building a business, whether it's writing a book, whether it's starting a podcast, whether it is sailing. You know, There's tons of stuff that people want to do and they don't do, and I think that's what they can pull from, from you and your story and your site. How did you come up with some of the things on your bucket list? Because you have 99 on there, all, all the way from like singing karaoke, God bless the USA. <laughs> I'm horrible at karaoke. You know, to 
yeah, spend the night in an ice hotel, right? So, yeah. So, how did you come up with that? What was the genesis of coming up with a bucket list? Well, for several years, I was kind of doing the corporate gig. I loved it. I had a dream job, you know, and, and was having an absolute blast with it. But there was always this nagging something more, you know, and I think that's probably the case for a lot of people who, who want to travel, who, you know, are doing the world domination thing and who, there's that nagging, there's got to be something more. So, right. It's this idea of freedom, right? Like yeah. whatever freedom means to you, it's freedom. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, I was following some blogs that had bucket lists. And at the time, honestly, when I started just working on my bucket list, if you'd asked me what my passion was, I couldn't have told you. I really had no clue. Right. And so many people today come up to me and they go, Oh, I wish I was as passionate about something as you are about sailing. I'm like, dude, well, you know, five years ago, I would have said the exact same thing you're saying. And I would have said the exact same thing those people would have been saying four or five years ago as well. People say to me, you're so passionate about travel. You're so passionate about helping people, you know, frequent fire miles and how can people travel and helping them travel. I didn't even travel that much relatively to what I do now five, six years ago. Right, right. And and I'm with you. Okay, go ahead. We're doppelgangers. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. So so for me, the catalyst was was the bucket list. You know, and it wasn't anything fancy. I didn't just, you know, go to Starbucks one day and, and sit there and write out this huge bucket list. It was a process of three or four months where I just created in my iPhone, you know, I just created a little notepad document and I would read a lot of bucket lists and steal crap off of people's, you know, I mean it wasn't anything fancy. And, uh, and then there would be times where somebody would say something like, oh, man, that'd be really cool if I did, you know, if I could do that someday. And just ended up with this list. And I started out with 50. And over the last couple of years, I've added, I've added several. I've definitely got more that are undone than done. But it's been really cool. And, and I think as a part of making that bucket list, when I went back and looked at it, that's when I realized, you know, so many of the things on my bucket list are related to travel and are related to sailing. And, and sailing for me, I absolutely love sailing, but for me, it's, it's also more of a way to, you know, experience the world and, and to travel and it's a means of transportation. What I really didn't register at the time, you know, now that I've got this boat, I mean, I've got people on it just about every weekend. You know, I got visitors coming down, people, friends that, you know, I met a couple times in some random city and hey, come sailing one weekend. And having a group of people on the boat and just experiencing moments and, and it's definitely what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been really awesome. Yeah. And if someone is looking for an actionable takeaway from this, I would tell you, I think, Bo, you, you could jump in here too. If you don't know what your passion is and listen, our passions constantly change. Who's to say that, that Bo's going to be sailing in 10 years that I'm going to be doing a podcast? We don't know. But if you're looking for that passion, I was for so long. Just start writing stuff down. It, as Bo said, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be big goals. I mean, you have some really big goals like sail around the world. You have some really small goals like like start a fire without a match or something like that. Something you could go and do today. And I think that's important too. Make sure you have stuff listed out. Again, there's no right or wrong. I would tell people... If you're listening, you can stop the podcast now, even write down 10, 15, 20, whatever's coming to your head right now, write it down. And that's going to keep you motivated. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think part of the key is just doing stuff that gets you out of your everyday routine. You know, like I am the worst singer in the world, right? And singing karaoke was a total get me out of my comfort zone situation. Okay. And I'll be just fine if I never do that again. There's a thrill from getting out of your comfort zone and you learn so much about yourself anytime you can make yourself do it. Yeah, I would completely agree. I had a real 
cool quote. I can't remember who told me this one one time, but they said, do one thing every day that scares you. I can't say that I do it every day, but I, I think about anytime I think about it in the morning or even throughout the day, it, it honestly flips my day if I'm having a bad day because I think, yeah, you know what? And it doesn't have to be, I'm going to go skydiving. One day it was, I, I went paragliding near Mount Fuji and I was scared to death, oh, right? Incredible. Scared to death because I hate heights. You know, my wife was making fun of me because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and I got up there. It wasn't scary at all. So if anyone is thinking about paragliding, like, honestly, I'm a wimp and it wasn't scary at all. But sometimes it's go up and talk to this person. At World Domination Summit last year, you know, there was someone I wanted to talk to and I walked away. I walked by them going in and out of the bathrooms. I walked away, walked past them. And I thought, what, what, here I am with all these people wanting to do the same thing. I'm not, I'm not even taking this tip nowadays. Like when I'm in this environment and I just walk back up and I said, Hey man, listen, like I walked by you once and I didn't talk to you. I don't know why. What's up? And we had an awesome conversation. He's become a really, really good friend since. So it can be something as small as that, like any small thing that you can do or big thing you know, pick something and just try to do it. Yeah. Well, and I ran into this last week, you know, there was a day where it had been raining kind of all morning and, and I'm like, well, I really ought to, you know, take the boat out today, but I don't know. It'd be so much easier to just sit here on the, at the tiki bar or something. And like, you know what? No, I'm getting lazy (laughs) and I recognize this and, and I have quite a tendency towards laziness. So I'm like, okay. I have to take the boat out now just because I don't want to. Right, right. <laughs> just because I'm trying to be lazy about this, I have to go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and if people are listening to this podcast, in the show notes, we would love both Bo and I if you did put, you don't have to list your whole bucket list, but if you're sitting here thinking, you know what, I've got some things, I'm sure everyone listening has something going through their mind right now, even if it's one thing. Write it down, put it down there, and then hey, if you can, leave a comment in the show notes, we'll we'll respond to it. I'd I'm love gonna, to read them. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to put some of mine. Bo has 99 on his site, so we got a lot of catching up to do here. Yeah, you're thinking of something. Everyone's thinking of something. Put it down. Go for it. You know, it doesn't have to be something you can do all in one day, like sailing around the world. It's, it's a process, but we want to motivate you to start that process. And you mentioned, Bo, a lot of things on your bucket list revolve around travel, and it might not be something that you were thinking about when you started the bucket list, but in some ways, you know, you know live outside the U.S. for six months, attend a religious festival in five different countries. Why do you think travel has such a huge impact on your life? And you'll, you'll definitely agree with this. I mean, the more you travel, the more you realize how little you know. <laughs> Every time you travel, you learn something about wherever you're going, the people you meet, and, and you learn a lot about yourself. You tend to be out of your comfort zone, and it's just you'll never regret traveling. Ever. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't have anyone come back to me and say... That was an absolutely horrific experience I had. They might have an experience. And that's what's so great. The trips that absolutely just bomb. I was in Guatemala. I went with, um, with a friend to Guatemala for like eight or 10 days. All right. On our way from Guatemala to, to Lake Adelman. Literally, the wheel on our bus fell off. Okay. All of a sudden, I hear this like, and then I look out the window and the front left wheel is bouncing down the street to my left, you know, and I mean, we almost, you know, ended up off a cliff, but we didn't. And that was the most hilarious, incredible trip because it was absolutely the worst possible thing that could have happened. Right. Right. And we'll get into that a little later. I'll ask you one of the mishaps you kind of already talked about, but I think that is the awesome part about traveling. You don't know what to expect when something unexpected happens. 
it may seem awful at that moment, or it may just seem, well, that could have been awful, but it's really funny. But you come home and that's what you remember. Yeah. And those are the greatest stories to, to recall. And I mean, even stuff as simple as getting stuck in the rain and just being soaked. I mean, it, those ended up end up being some of the greatest stories and greatest memories. Yeah, 100% agree. And on this podcast, we're always looking for ways not only to travel more and spend less, but also like some ways that you could save money when you're traveling. Because you know, the more you save on a trip, the, the way you cut corners, not only does that give you an authentic experience a lot of times, but it also allows you to, like we say, do more, right? Because you're saving some here. What are some of the ways that you found in your travels to save money besides owning your own boat and sailing wherever you want? Yeah, I was about to say, Travis, I could I could learn a lot from you. <laughs> I've been I've been very fortunate in the last couple of years since I quit my job to be invited back to do a bunch a good bit of freelance work, and somehow, some way, people have paid me to do some travel. I think we talked about it. I got I got to go to the the Winter Olympics this year in Sochi, which was crazy. Yeah, tell people about this because that's another cool thing that I found. A, a common theme here is. People figure out a way to leave their job, you know, on, on good note, but they've done good work. And then they've been able to actually come back, do freelance and maybe make more, maybe make less, but you still have the freedom. So you've been able to do that. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, I told you on my 27th birthday, I, I quit my job, moved down to the beach. And I immediately thought that I was just going to write a book real quick and, and sell it a couple million copies and then be able to, you know, just buy this boat and sail around and life would be awesome. Well, as it turns out to write a book that sells a million copies, you actually have to write. <laughs> Uh, never mind, uh, you know, the whole part about finding people to buy what you write. So, uh, about six or eight months in, you know, I, I didn't burn any bridges when I quit, you know, we, I left under very good, very good circumstances and remained friends with everybody. And, uh, they called me and said, Hey, you know, we've got a couple freelance opportunities. We need some help. Are you willing to come back and do some contract work? So basically I, I do video production for sporting events. Mainly I teach people how to use jumbotrons. He started sending me around to a new stadium that, that just got a new video board. And I'd spend three or four days at, a, at each new stadium and teach them how to use it and got to travel around a lot. We'll still do a little bit. I've had some incredible opportunities. I did the Super Bowl two years ago, did a lot of work for it. Last year, yeah, I got to do Sochi, hoping to do the uh, Rio Olympics in a couple of years, hoping to actually sail to the Rio Olympics. So we'll see how that works. You know, just don't burn bridges. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and a lot of people are looking for this freedom and they think I've got to go for it and and they cut, you know, they cut ties or they go right jump right into it and that is one way to do it and if you're someone who has to do it that way, you know, some people do and some people succeed that way, but there are many many different ways to do it. You know, you can ask your employers, "Hey, can I work remotely 2, 3, 4 days a week?" and then, you know, take long extended weekend vacation somewhere, work remotely but be somewhere else. You know, some people go off remotely full time and their employers love it because you know they work harder usually they're they're happier some people like you you know quit but then come and do freelance you know there's all different ways to do it and i think that's one of the things that people get stuck on is hey i, I have to quit my job and then what am i going to do for money and they think well now i'm never going to do it so they just stay at the exact same thing but as we've talked about in this podcast there is progress to be made you can make progress in incremental steps as well it's something that you've been able to do really well well, absolutely. And, and a couple of big influences on me, Tim Ferriss and then Dave Ramsey. I got on the get out of debt train several years. Well, I mean, it took me three or four years you know, to actually get serious and get out of debt. And, and the minute that I got out of debt, suddenly, wait a second, I can live on $1,000 a month. 
you know, how can I get a thousand dollars a month? Oh, well, that's not that, you know, I can figure that out. I don't need to make six figures right now. You know, and obviously my situation is very different. I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have any of that stuff. But getting out of debt was the biggest determining factor in suddenly realizing I have options. Right? Yeah, 100% agree. That that builds more freedom both in reality and in mental freedom than than anyone can imagine. And you know, we could go on about minimalism and stuff like that. If anyone's interested, we did uh, record a podcast way, way back, about a year ago, over a year ago, with Colin Wright, who talks about minimalism and owning, you know, forty things and stuff like that. And that's one way to do it. And I and I know you're a proponent of that in in some vein as well. One of your bucket list things, I think, is to own less than a hundred things. Correct. Right. Right. I was almost there when I quit my job, but I've kind of the boat thing is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not there right now. Right. And I'd like to get closer. Yeah. So there's tons of ways to do it, but that will lift a heavy burden off you mentally and, and obviously just free you up to then say, all right, any money I make, I, I can put in the savings or I can use to leave my life and, you know, kind of pushing away from all the material things that we have and that we need and that hold us down or that we think we need and that hold us down really will free us up to travel more and things like that. You, are aside from this sailing trip that you're going to embark on fairly soon, you've been able to take some pretty cool trips. You've already talked about a few of them. What are some of your greatest travel memories? Where are places that you've gone that you're like, Trav, if you haven't done this, or even if you have, go here? Oh, I mean, there's, you know, you can say that about just, you know, anywhere, really. I spent a really awesome 10 days in Ireland with a couple friends, one of whom was from there. So got to, got to really see everything kind of from that perspective. Ireland, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. We would drive the rental car around, you know, and hey, stop, stop, stop. And we'd pull over and we'd just sit there. This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then 20 minutes later, wait, no, this is the, you know, just gorgeous. Guatemala was cool. You know, I haven't done near as much traveling as you have. You know, I haven't, there's, there's still a lot to see. Uh, let's see, a mishap. So I got to spend basically two months in Russia. Uh, I was there for the, for the, uh, Olympic Games and then, uh, I went back for the Paralympic Games, was working there at the, the figure skating rink and then sledge hockey during the Paralympics. There were two Russians that, that worked with me. So I had uh, a camera person and then a computer girl that helped me, you know, the three of us were basically working production together. Well, so at the end of the Paralympic Games, Olga, my, my computer girl, she invites me over to her house for a cookout and like a traditional Russian sauna. Well, I clearly didn't do my homework on what a traditional Russian sauna was. So <laughs> I go and, and meet her dad. And, you know, he, he knows a little bit of English, but we definitely had fun trying to communicate. So he's like, all right, all right you ready to, to sauna? So I'm like, yeah, okay. I brought my bathing suit. We're good. So we uh, <laughs> we go down to the sauna, and of course, you know, he just totally drops trowel, and he, you know, he's like, you know, you take yours off, and, and I'm good. He's like, no, no. Ended up, you know, wearing nothing but the, he had given me this little Swedish sweat hat. All right, so I'm wearing nothing but this little Swedish sweat hat, and I walk in, and as I'm walking in the sauna with him. I see on the wall, it says it's 112 degrees. So I'm like, dang, it's 112. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty hot. Travis, it was 112 Celsius. Okay. I didn't realize that at first. So I'm sitting there like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like I might die. All right. So <laughs> we're in there and he had taken this bucket 
and poured a half a beer in it and then some water in it. And that's what he was throwing over the coals. Okay, so the first time he did it, you know, it smelled like bread was baking. I'm like, oh, this is good, you know. Well, then the second time he did it, you breathe it. And suddenly you have this like warm beer in your lungs, you know, and you're just like, <laughs> like you can't breathe. It was the craziest thing. Okay, so after what seemed like a week, probably five minutes, he's like, you know, swim, pool. So we go up to their pool. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. You know, okay, I'm so hot right now. Like, I need to swim. So he jumps in and he's kind of frolicking around the pool, you know, swimming around. I jump in and I don't hit bottom before my body just locks up. Okay. We've gone from 112 degrees Celsius to six. Okay. <laughs> my body just was not having it. <laughs> All right. So I kind of like flop up out of the pool and I'm standing there like, water, you know, <laughs> oh, I need water. You know, so <laughs> well, so we start heading back down, you know, and my body, I'm literally about to pass out. Like I'm fully alert, but my body is, is walking to the left and I'm trying to walk straight. Like I'm falling down these stairs and trying to grab the handrail. So finally he's like, you know, come, come sauna. Like again, like <laughs> He's like, lay. So he has me lay out in the sauna. Again, I'm wearing nothing but this Swedish hat. Okay, laying Still out. got the hat on. Still got, Still the, got hat. the hat on. And, and yeah, and I later learned that it's a sweat hat. So it's to keep the body heat in, which is exactly what I needed, right? So I lay down and I'm like, okay, I can do this for another five minutes. I can lay here. Well, I hear something. I look over. He's strapping on gardening gloves. And he grabs two big like you know, palm bushes, basically. And he starts flogging me. Okay. <laughs> Travis, I thought I was on candid camera. Like I, and I'm sitting there just, please tell me, you know, this is on video somewhere. Like this is the most, this is absolutely the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. So we did that cycle three different times. <laughs> the third, the third time he gave me my own shrub and, and he took his own. So I, I flogged myself. It was bizarre. just everyday Russia, right? No candy camera. Everyday Russia. Everyday Russia. Russia. Wow. It was, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. So we ended up having a great conversation after that. He had run a fishing fleet in the Pacific for several years. And, you know, we're kind of botching through my three words of Russian and his 12 words of English and a little bit of Google Translate in there. And at one point it was really cool because he, he was asking me, he's like, so how can you sail, you know, around the world and, and visit these countries. He's like, we Russians, we could never do this, you know? And I'm like, wow, you know, we Americans, we are some fortunate people, you know, yeah. to have the opportunity to, that we have to travel because a lot of these people, there's no way they could do that. Yeah. And yeah. that is another part of travel that we sometimes forget, especially when we're home is how fortunate we are with being able to do what we want to do when we want to do it. You know, the ability that our passport gives us to go many places. And like we said, we talk about having these lives of freedom. And in some places, it isn't even a possibility because they can't even think of that. They have to think of day after day after day after day. And, so, and we take it for granted. And, and oh. a lot of them were, you know, why don't more Americans travel? I'm like, well, because Americans, we spend our money on cars and houses. <laughs> it's kind of a sad realization that, you know, these people, they don't have a lot, but they travel. They get a lot more experiences than a lot of us do. 
Yeah, for sure. One last question I want to ask you with the sailing thing. If people have been listening to this and they are interested in sailors or maybe they've been sailing, what are some resources other than this amazing book that basically taught you how to sail without ever doing <laughs> right, it? What are right. some things that people can do if that is something that interests them specifically the sailing? Try to go sailing. You know, good start. Yeah. No, there's some amazing blogs out there right now with people who are actually doing it. There's, there's one, uh, Wind Traveler is a, is a cool blog. It's a husband and wife. You know, they're in their young thirties. They just had twins actually. So they're kind of taking a little bit of a break from it, but they were cruising around the Caribbean for a while. Google cruising sailors and you'll come up with some incredible blogs for people who are actually doing it. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's awesome resource and great stories. Yeah. And we'll be linking all that up in the show notes. We'll be linking Bo's site. Bo, do you have an ETA on when you think you're going to be starting this trip? Because I know a lot of people listening are probably thinking, I want to follow Bo on this trip. If I can't do it, I might as well live vicariously through him. Right. Well, a couple ways. This time next year, I'll be doing an East Coast leg, kind of like a shakedown cruise just to make sure that I'm ready, the boat's ready. But you can always follow along at sailingbo.com. So that's sailingbo. That's my name, bo.com. And then I think I talked a little bit about it at WDS, but I'm going to create a curriculum because obviously this sailing trip, this isn't just about me you know, doing this for fun. I actually want to do it in some sort of meaningful way. So we've developed a site. It's going to be juniorcaptains.com. Very cool. All right. right? So, and I've already got a uh, landing page up. You can get, get signed up on the email, email list to get information as it, uh, as it progresses, but looking at launching it later this fall and what it's going to be, it's going to be like a monthly subscription type deal. So as I'm sailing, you do it with your kids and you'll be, uh, you know, essentially following along on the trip. It's going to come with a wall map. So, you know, I, I have this vision for third graders following along and so they'll be able to plot the course on the map as, as I go. And everywhere I stop, you know, about once a month, we'll send out lesson plans uh, and little activities and about each lesson plan will have something about the culture and the geography. And, you know, we'll talk a lot about weather and cloud patterns. And it's just, I, I really think it's going to be a cool thing for parents to be able to do with their kids and just see that there is a whole different world out there. And, you know, introduce your kids to a kid in Panama, you know, stuff like that. So that'll be juniorcaptains.com. And that's, I'm really excited about that program. Very cool. Now, do you have an itinerary mapped out of, you know, how you're going to go around the world? I have the route. There's going to be, you know, like I know that I'll basically go from the Caribbean to Panama through the canal, go to the Galapagos. So I'll be going west across the Pacific from the Galapagos to the South Pacific. It'll be about a month. It'll be a 25, 30 day trip. Uh, apparently the Pacific's a pretty big body of water. I, I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> apparently. So yeah, it'll be about 30 days out of sight of land. And then, uh, from there, the South Pacific, I'll probably end up doing a uh, cyclone season in New Zealand. So kind of rough it down in New Zealand for four or five months. And then from there, hop around, go through, uh, through the Indian Ocean over to South Africa. I'm not going to do the Red Sea thing. I'm not a big, fan of the pirates, I don't think. So I'm going to try to avoid that route, South Africa, and then back up to Brazil and the Caribbean. That's awesome. And like we said, guys, we'll put these in the show notes, but it's really easy, sailingbow.com. 
on Twitter, you're sailing bow as well, right? Yeah, Twitter sailing bow, Instagram sailing bow. Yeah, you, it shouldn't be hard to find me. Awesome, and yeah, guys, if you do know people who are teachers, obviously, or you're a teacher yourself, that junior captain thing, that might be something you want to look into. That that would be really cool. I know that bow. You're going to be putting a lot of effort into it. Very passionate about the fact that you want to teach people how to do something similar, but also about all the different cultures as well. Oh, absolutely. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a really cool program. That's awesome. Bo, thanks again for coming on. I can't wait to hang out again in Portland with you shortly. What are you planning on packing? Because we've got a match again. I want people to think I'm you again. Yeah, well, you might imagine the closet on my boat's not very big, so I'll probably be wearing the same three collared shirts that I wore last year, (laughs) this being one of them. So yeah, man, looking forward to seeing you. Awesome. I'll pull those out of my closet as well. (laughs) Thanks again, buddy. You got it. Guys, if you want to follow Bo on his trip around the world and check out his 99-item bucket list, head on over to his site, SailingBo, that's SailingBo.com. Also, I urge you, go to his list, use that as motivation to make your own bucket list. It'll help keep you motivated and accountable for achieving your goals, both big goals and small goals. And it's also just a really fun activity to do. As Bo said, it also might give you some clarity into what you're passionate about right now if that's something you're struggling to figure out. And if you're a teacher or you know a teacher, don't forget, head on over to JuniorCaptains.com, which will be Bo's site for all the curriculum that he'll be posting when he's on his mission. You can sign up there for his newsletter to be kept abreast of all the stuff that's going on with Junior Captains. Lastly, don't forget, we're going to catch Tim Ferriss. You can help us by doing that by taking one minute to leave a short, honest review of this podcast on iTunes. And of course, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening again this week. And until next week, happy free travels. Oh,